We want to welcome everybody back to the Vintage Christian Truth Podcast, where we share real truth for real people to have real life in Jesus Christ. I just want to thank everybody for listening and helping us spread the word about our podcast. And in tonight's episode, we're going to continue our theme from season two on theological jargon. And we have been discussing the golden chain of salvation or the plan of redemption, or you might put it, uh, how God saves us and gives us eternal life with him. So we have been, when I say we, of course, if you've been listening, you know who I'm talking about, talking about myself, Pastor Sam, with my dear friend, Pastor Brian Sawyer, a Fairview Baptist Church in Sampson, Alabama. And uh, so tonight we're going to continue with that thread of the golden chain of salvation. And we have already discussed uh, what the first link in that chain, which would be foreknowledge or election or predestination. Then we've talked about the second phase of that chain, which would be regeneration. The third would be effectual calling. Uh, then the fourth would be conversion. Then the fifth would be justification. And now we're at phase six or the sixth part of that chain. And if you don't know what those words are, please check out our previous podcast because we do talk about those points. But today we're going to talk about one of the most beautiful doctrines, one of those old school vintage biblical doctrines, which is called adoption. And uh, adoption is one of the most beautiful, beautiful truths of the gospel. Uh, J.I. Packard said that. If you don't know who that is, please check out his book, Knowing God. Uh, he's a great, a great man of God, a great theologian here. Still alive today, as far as I know, still kicking, though he's probably well in his 90s, I would think. You oh, know, sure. he's, he's an old fella, but he, he was really prominent in the middle and latter part of, I guess you could say, the 20th century. But, Pastor Brian, when we talk about adoption and how God, as part of his plan to save us as his people, um, how would you explain to the common person, what does it mean that God, how would you sum up God adopting us? Yeah, Um well, and, and let me, uh, let me plug if like when people ask me about books, um, you know, books that all, like if I had, if, if I had five or six books that every, I think every Christian should read, uh, knowing God by J.I. Packer is definitely going to be one of those. Oh, yeah. it, it is a, it is a wonderful book and it might, it might take you a little bit to get through it because J.I. Packer is a brilliant, brilliant man. Um, and so, uh, sometimes I have to, you know, it's one of those I got to read it slow <laughs> and kind of chew on it. Might have to have my little pocket dictionary out, but yep. uh, but yep. but just a phenomenal book. But uh, but yes, yes, adoption, um, beautiful doctrine. I agree. Uh, it's one of those. Uh, if if you read Galatians, and I've preached through Galatians a couple of times now, and and uh, but if you read Galatians, man, that is a prominent, prominent doctrine that's 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 found there in Galatians. And and if you if you know, um, I would ask you, do you know anybody that that has adopted children? And and uh, like I've I've got a couple of church members that that are are it's a precious, precious family to me and 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 my wife and uh, but they um, uh, 
they they made the decision to uh, to adopt children after after some time of uh, I'm not going to share their testimony on here. I you know much prefer for them to do that themselves every opportunity that they get. But after after a few years, it became apparent to them that adoption was going to be their avenue uh, for for having children. And um, you know, put yourself in in that position where where you're a young person and and you don't have uh, you've been taken from a, you know a family situation that maybe wasn't healthy, um, you know that that uh, I mean there's there's all sorts of terrible terrible things that have happened uh, to children who who wind up with adopted families and um, and they have that they have two uh, beautiful girls that that live with them have been living with them for quite some time they they are adopted into uh, in, into the family. And, and it's, uh, it's kind of one of those scenarios was how, how amazing is it for you to be in a, in a bad situation and, and, and for you to feel that you have no family. And then all of a sudden, uh, legally and relationally, you're brought into this home where people, uh, where people can know you and people can love you and people can take care of you and watch over you and provide for you and, and, and do all the things that, should have been going on for you all along. Um, but your circumstances just didn't allow it, you know, to the degree that it should. And, and for every child that, that has been adopted into loving families, there's probably two or three or four more waiting. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of adoption, uh, because of that. But, but if you think about it, that's pretty close to the doctrine of adoption. In yep. the Bible. Um, yep. we're, we're, uh, we are, um, we are outcast. We are downcast. We are sinful. We are, uh, we are, uh, because of our sin, we are removed from our father. Um, and, uh, and, and are hopeless and alone, um, in our sin until God sees fit to not, not only save us, but to adopt us. Um, Galatians four five, uh, in stating God's purpose is to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Um, Ephesians one five, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so there's, there's this beautiful truth in, in the gospel that not only is God, uh, about the business of saving his people, rescuing them from an eternity in hell. Uh, it's not just that you get to spend eternity in heaven, uh, or, 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 you know, it, in the presence of God. But you get to spend eternity in the presence of God as his sons and daughters. Yep. And 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 what a glorious truth. Well, I mean, if if how much grace does it take for for our, for us to be rescued from hell? But how much more grace does it take for us to be not only rescued from hell, but welcomed into the family of God, to be made joint heirs with Christ, to to experience the the love and affection of a of a, not not just the Creator God but our, but our heavenly Father for all of eternity, um, it, it's a biblical doctrine, a biblical principle. Um, it is it is clearly taught in Scripture, and and it is ridiculously amazing to think that the God whom we have rebelled against not only has gone uh, has sent Christ to a cross to pay uh, the price for for pardoning it, pardoning our sin, but also uh, to bring us into his family and to make us join heirs. You know, that there's a reason why there's, I think there's a reason why the parable of, of, of the lost son is, is one of the favorites, the prodigal son. Yeah. 
because we all see ourselves in him and 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 we see ourselves as that one who has run away and 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 rebelled and you know gone about our own our own stuff and made a mess of things and and we we want that we want that that father to run out and meet us in the road when we're on our way back home and and to to bring us in and love us and put a ring on our finger and a robe on our neck and and kiss us and throw a party and those sorts of things. I mean, that's a beautiful, beautiful illustration of, of God's redeeming work in his children. And so, um, to not just be saved from hell, but to be brought into the family is just an amazing, amazing truth. And and one that's clearly taught in scripture. No, I completely agree with you. That's so well said. I mean, I'm almost speechless. I don't know if I could even, (laughs) I don't think I can say much more to it because, I I think about First John three one, you know, when he says, the Apostle John says, "What kind of love? How how great is it, or what kind of amazing love is it that that the Father would give us in making us the very children of God?" Um, yeah. it, it's very mind blowing because, like you were saying, Pastor Brian, when you adopt a child, um when we think about our, our adoption, it, it's not like we were reaching out to God saying, God, please adopt me. I want to be your child. I want to serve you. Um, you know, the Bible clearly portrays us as people who suppress the truth of God. Um, we, we choose to worship our money, our jobs, our bodies, our friends, the world, our pleasures, uh, we we want to do things our way, and so we resist God and we push Him away, and and we are dead to God. Uh, or no, let me rephrase that: God is dead to us in the sense that we don't want nothing to do with Him. Um, and even though we've pushed Him away and we have went against Him, like the prodigal son, give me what's mine, let me go do my own thing, get out of my way, let me live and believe the way I want. And we've all done that. Um, and the beautiful thing is, even though we've done that and we deserve his punishment and we deserve his curse and his wrath, God's love is so great towards us as his people that not only does the Father send forth his Son to live for us, die for us, rise for us so that we can be declared innocent and righteous before him, but he goes a whole another million steps forward because of how great he is And he chooses to say, you know what, I'm not only just going to save you from hell and give you eternal life with me, but I'm going to give you the great privilege to be called the very children of God. Um, And that really just, uh, it just really is a very electrifying truth to think that somebody like me who doesn't love God, didn't want nothing to do with God, that God came after me and that God chose me and that God changed my heart and God gave me life and God has justified me, but then God has adopted me into his very family. You know, I think Brian, and I'm being a public school teacher. I see this with a lot of young people, particularly young men. Sometimes they get wrapped up in the wrong crowd. You know, they, they get into a gang because they want community. They want family. They want to be known and they want to be loved. And, you know, and, and what happens because of sin, God made us in his image, but that image is marred. It's distorted. It's, it's broken. 
And what happens is instead of us trying to find that love and that purpose and that family that we all want, instead of, instead of finding that in Jesus, we try to find it in something else, whether it be how many likes we have on social media, how many quote unquote friends we have, how cool we are, whether we join a gang or we, we start running around with people that are believing and doing wicked things, but we do it because we want to be known and we want to be loved and we want to be accepted. But the gospel tells us, my friends, that if you want to really be known and you really want to be loved and you really want to have a family, that's found in Jesus Christ and that he's done that for us through his life, death, and resurrection. He has done it all so that you and I can be brought into his eternal family and we can be loved by a God who knows everything about us, even how many hairs are on our head. And even though he knows everything about me, the good, bad, and ugly about me, he still chooses to love us with a perfect eternal love. And he promises to not only rescue us, but he promises now to be our father, to be our daddy. And I I love that out of Romans chapter 8. I believe it's there in verse 15 there where he says, we have received the Holy Spirit because we are now God's children. Now we can call out to God the Father and we can say Abba, which means Daddy. And uh, and that's a a sign of intimacy, that God being our Father means that God is no longer just a judge that says not guilty. He's our Father who embraces us and loves us and will protect us and provide for us and guide us and take care of us just like any good dad should and would. And to, and to know that Brian is such a, it's such a comforting piece, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And well, and I'm glad you went, uh, Romans eight fifteen. I was just thinking about that because, and, and this is free. Uh, we won't charge you for this tonight. Uh, if you're in a church that does, uh, expositional preaching or holds it, holds it in high regard, you, you'll hear your pastor use the term context an awful lot. Um, and, and so uh, look for that word context. Uh, it, it, there should always be proper context when reading scripture. And uh, and Romans 8, uh, verse 15, falls within this spot where, and this happens often with discussion of adoption in, in, in the New Testament. Um, Paul in Galatians is writing to a, a church that, that uh that feels that they have to uh add add works of the flesh to the works of jesus to accomplish salvation from god and and he's he's reminding them of their position whenever he you know oftentimes when he brings up adoption to say no you you've been adopted into the family of god you're not a servant as as you you know god requires you to do this or do this or do this you you you're part of the family you 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 do works, but you do works out of love from a place of freedom for liberty. Christ has set you free. So uh, so there's you know there's that sort of that sort of connotation that flies around with this doctrine of adoption pretty often in Scripture. And one of those places is in Romans eight Romans eight fifteen because because Paul is talking about works of the flesh and works of the spirit. Um, verse twelve says so so then we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh um for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if but if by the spirit you put uh, to death the deeds of your body and you'll live um 
for all who are led by the spirit of the sons of God. And then verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Um, and so, and so there's this, there's this, you know, context floating around the doctrine of adoption in scripture pretty often that says, uh, you know, that you can be of the mindset that, that, that there's, there's work for you to do in your salvation, that you have to, uh, that, that you have to, in, in Galatians, it was, well, you got to add to Jesus. You, you got to add circumcision. You got to add uh, feasts and festivals. You got to recognize these days and months and weeks of, of the year for these different, uh, you know, uh, uh, celebratory things or these different ceremonies that we have to perform. Uh, it was all this, you know, all this Jewishness being added to uh, being added to the finished work of Jesus. And, and Paul says, hey, uh, that's not where we're at. We, we are the children of God, by, you know, by the blood of Jesus. Yep. We've been brought into the family. We are not, uh, we, you know, these extra things that you're trying to add on to that. Those are those are unnecessary. Um, and, and in Romans eight, that's exactly where he goes, uh, you know, to discuss works of the flesh or living according to the flesh versus living by the spirit that that, hey, there's no, you know, there is no. uh there's no work for us to do to accomplish our salvation. We've been adopted into the family of God. Well, Brian, let me jump in there because I think you bring up a great point. Yeah. What? Let me ask our listeners, if you're hearing this, maybe you're thinking about this too, but what does a child do to become adopted? Because last time I checked, the child can do nothing. Yeah. A, a child, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, many times I have seen people get adopted that are older in age and maybe they can give a verbal consent. But I have, you know, if you're talking about adopting, say, a newborn baby or a baby that's three months old, I mean, it's going goo goo gaga. I mean, it, you know, a, a baby, you know, <laughs> it's like goo for yes and God. Yeah, for it's no. like point, you know, and that, you know, you know, they're babies. They're not their consciousness is not fully developed. Right. They don't have. The point being is a, a, a little child, a toddler or a newborn doesn't have the cognitive ability to choose. Yes, I want you to be my mom and dad or no, I don't or I want this one. So when we talk about God adopting us, it all goes back to that idea of grace, um, which means that just what Pastor Brian is quoting from Romans and Galatians, which is if you are a Christian today, you didn't become a child of God simply because one day you woke up and said, I'm going to repent and trust in Jesus and I'm going to become a Christian today, or I'm going to ask Jesus to save me today. In one sense, yes, you did do that. You were converted and in conversion, you repent and you trust in Christ and you are saved. So we, we do that. But what I'm saying is the reason that we do those things, according to 2 Timothy 2.25 and Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, is because God, through a work of the Holy Spirit, gives us the power and the ability to do those things. And if he didn't, because we're spiritually dead and we are sinners, we would never repent and trust Christ. So adoption to me is a great way to show people, hey, just like a baby cannot choose mommy and daddy, or say yes or no, we are so helpless and lost because of our sin that adoption is about God says, hey, even though 
you haven't chosen me, even though there's nothing good in you. Even And, Brian, I've even heard stories that go along with this about Christians who have adopted mentally, um, cognitively impaired, severely mentally and physically handicapped children from China. And, mm-hmm. and because the Chinese government was going to basically euthanize them or let's just call it like it is, murder them. And so some of these Christians from America made a choice. They elected, they chose to adopt these Chinese children and to give them a loving home, to protect them, to provide for them, to care for them, to nurture them and to help them as best they could. And to me, what a great ministry for Christians to do that because we so reflect God our Father because we were disabled, we were dead, we were lost, we were, there was nothing good in us, there was nothing that was beautiful in us, we were dead, rotten corpses headed for hell, and yet God chose because of how good he is to say, you know what, even though you don't want me and you want nothing to do with me, I'm going to change you. I'm going to make you my son or my daughter and I'm going to adopt you into my family. And, and the beautiful thing, if I remember correctly with these Christian people that did it, and I can't remember their names, but if I'm not mistaken, they already had biological children when they adopted some of these Chinese handicapped children. But what's so cool in the eyes of the law, when those Chinese children were officially adopted into their family, those children took on the same name as the biological children, and they, they assumed and, and were granted all the same rights and privileges and honor and inheritance just as the biological children had, even yeah. though they did nothing to deserve it. They couldn't do anything. They are little children who are severely mentally and physically handicapped. And yet these parents chose to bless them with this wonderful gift. And they have the same rights and privileges as the flesh and blood American children. So what a beautiful picture of what God does to us. I mean, you know, God God chooses us. And now we have right now as Christians, if you're listening to this and you're a true believer in Jesus as your God and Savior, you are an adopted child of God. You don't become one because you're good. You don't become one because of a sacrament. You don't become one because of how virtuous you are. You become one when you realize that you're a sinner and you have no hope and that Jesus is all you need and that he lived out and rose again for you and you repent and trust in him. When you do that, the father adopts you legally into his family. And now you, my friends, yes, you as a Christian, you have all the same rights and privileges and blessings and you will share in the same beautiful inheritance and victory that Jesus has as the only begotten Son of God, we also get to share in that glorious, beautiful, eternal inheritance, even though we've done nothing to earn it or get it. It's been given to us by a gift of God's adoptive grace. What a beautiful, I mean, man, I'm preaching out here in the street, and I hope someone gets saved out here. <laughs> it's incredible, man. isn't it? And I tell you, one of the one of the things that I really, really love about about talking and and we followed them up we've we've piggybacked uh we've piggybacked justification and adoption and and i love i love going back and forth between those two because not only do they are they doctrines that should be taught that that show us where we are positionally 
justification showing our our guilt before God and yet our our uh, imputed righteousness through Jesus that God is just uh, in in declaring us righteous even though we're not but he's just because uh, the, the purchase for that was paid by Jesus and so justification is this glorious doctrine that that and, and Romans 3 puts it that that God is is just and the justifier of of those who are found in Jesus and so um, how can God be just while declaring an unrighteous man righteous? Well, it's because of the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. Um, so it, it reveals to us something about the, the nature and character of God. But just like justification shows us God's justness, um, I think adoption shows us his loving kindness and the relational aspect of salvation. Yeah. Because yeah. God could have, I mean, it, very easily... Uh, you know, saved us from, from an eternity in hell so that we might be loyal subjects who worship and praise for all of eternity, like, like robots in the sky, but that's not, uh, and, and Bible says that God works all things after the counsel of his own will. And so evidently it was not within the will of God for him to have relation less, uh, a relationless eternity as far as us and him were concerned that, that not only did God want to save us, but wanted to bring us into the family and have a relationship with us, that, that we would call the creator of the universe a friend and a father um, is, is just an amazing thing that, that I think the, doctr- the doctrine of adoption drives home for us because he didn't have to make us his children. No. I mean, that, that's, that's way past what, what you know, none, I mean, fair isn't the word because, you know, I mean, it's, none of this is deserved. It's all of grace. But 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 it would have been grace to just save yeah. us. Uh, it, he didn't have to go that mile of of uh, making us his children. And so, what does that tell us about the the character and nature of God uh, that he would be so loving towards those who, who who the Bible describes as his enemies while we were while you know before we were regenerate and, and converted, born again. Um, so, to speak to that for us, Sam. Tell, tell I mean what. What does this tell us about the nature of God that he would want us not just as subjects, but as but as sons and daughters? Well, I think it just tells us again how loving God is. I mean, how I love how John says, and I think the King James Version actually says it so much better if I remember it by memory. But, it, you know, it says, you know, how great the father's love for us that that we would be called the very children of God, that he would make us the children of God. I mean. I don't think you could top it. I, I, I think J.I. Packer, when he said something to the effect that the doctrine of adoption is the most beautiful part of the gospel. And because, my friends, adoption adoption is something that should affect me and you right now. Because right now, wherever we are, whatever you have going on in your life, if you're a Christian, God is not just your God, but he's your father. And and I have kids, Pastor Brian, he's got a son, and and, and I can tell you when my youngest son was about two years old, uh, well, maybe a little bit younger, we tried to get him to sleep in his own bed. And we laid him down. We patted him on the butt. We'd walk out of the room for a minute, come back. Well, I was supposed to let him cry for 15 minutes and just cried out. And then he would get adjusted. He'd go to sleep. Well, man, I did not make it because what he kept saying was, he kept saying, dad, 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 dad. 
And it just kept going on and on. And I told Dion, I, my wife, I said, look, forget this stupid plan. Let's just go in there and get him, and we'll, we'll make a way to get him into bed with us. So I snatched that little booger up, and I wrapped him up. And, you know, I hugged him like any good dad should or would. You know, I hugged him and told him, said, look, Daddy's right here. I love you. You're going to be okay. And immediately he calmed down. And my friends, the reason I'm saying that is because – as a Christian, no matter what you may be going through in your life financially, maybe it's COVID-19, maybe it's this, this racial unrest in our country, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, do not be afraid. And the reason you shouldn't be afraid is because the Almighty God, the eternal God who created and upholds everything, he has you in the palm of his hand. And he, I don't think he could, he, he couldn't, I don't think there's a better way in the human language to communicate how much God thinks about you and how much God cares about you. I don't think it could be said any better than when, when he says, you are my adopted child. And God has went through so much to purchase you. I know when many parents, when they want to adopt a child, they have to go through legal papers, background checks. They have to pay money. They have to go through all these red tapes, so to speak, to adopt a child legally in America. And think about all that God went through to adopt you. And he did that not because there's anything good in us or because we're valuable or special. But God did that because of how great he is. And because he's done that, now you're valuable and you're special. And no matter what you're going through, you can cry out to God, Daddy, Dad, Dad, Abba, Father. You can cry out to him and you can know that God sees you, that God is with you, that God is inside of you by his Holy Spirit, and that God is your father. I'm here to tell you that is the most comforting, peace-giving truth. One of the most peace-giving truths in the Bible is that no matter what you're going through, God is your father and God is for you. He is not against you. And that God is going to take care of you. He's going to meet your needs until his purpose for you on this earth is complete. And then just like any good dad, he is going to make sure that you get where you're supposed to get. And he's going to sustain you. And he's going to bring you home to be with him in glory. And he is going to make sure that your body is resurrected. And you're going to receive that full inheritance on the new earth under the new heavens. And you're going to be with him. And I love what the scriptures say there. I think it's Revelation 21 where God says we will be with him in the new heavens and the new earth. And he says, and I will be their God and I will and I will be their father. So what a comforting thought, my friends. And that oh, I mean, God's going to take care of you. I mean, I don't see how you could communicate it any better than for God. God's not just simply saying you're my servant. You're my friend. No, he takes it to a whole nother level. He says, you are my child. And, and I, I'm, I'm not a perfect dad. I, I try my best to be for the Lord, but I'm not. But I'm here to tell you that when my kid falls off his bicycle, I can, I can tell you, Brian, I can tell you this quick story. I was up the road praying one night like I'm doing now. And Maddox wasn't too old. And Mason ran out here. And I was doing my own thing out here praying or whatever. And Mason said, Daddy, something's wrong with Maddox. And Mason said, the moment he, I got word of that, I had run about a quarter mile down this road and busted through that door. And I was in there in about 12 seconds. And Mason said, he's my oldest son. Mason said, Daddy, 
I've never seen you run as fast as you ran tonight. <laughs> and, you know, here's here's my point, Pastor Brian. If I will do that, and I know you'll do that for Bryce, and you have done that. If we will do that for our children, even though we're imper- we're not perfect parents, how much more do you think God does that when he sees that you're in distress? God is going to come and take care of you. God is, well, God, God is going to give you the grace that you need to get through anything and that God is not going to forsake you or abandon you. He is always going to be there. And the cool thing about God is he doesn't have to take off running because I'm here to tell you God is always with you. And so, right. Well, and it reminds me of where, where is it? And Sam will be able to tell he'll be. I've told you this already. Sam will be able to tell me exactly where this is. Paul said that if our gospel is a lie, then then we are above all men to be most pitied. That's First Corinthians um, chapter fifteen. I think it's down there. You know, you're looking at probably verses eight through twenty. It's somewhere in that section. Um, but he said after, but it, but if our gospel is true, and our gospel is true, that then, then we above all men are to be most envied. Um, why? Well, because our Father has made the claim that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Um, if you're a child of God, uh, and, and this is not prosperity teaching, uh, but, but, but your inheritance is all of creation. Amen. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to have it now. I don't mean go buy the BMW and never make payment. That ain't what I'm saying. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't Creflo Dollar's channel. I'm sorry. But, uh, but, but what I'm telling you is, is, you know, Jesus said, um, he's walking and talking with his disciples and he says, you know, consider the, you know, this bird of the air. He, he, he doesn't, he doesn't sow nor reap, doesn't plant nor gather, but, but he has everything that he needs. Amen. Um, how much more will, will, will God who, you know, take care of those whom he loves. And yep. so, uh, we're, we're a blessed people to be called the sons and daughters of God. I, and you're so right. And that's, you know, and that's there, you know, that's one of his most famous sayings there in Matthew 6 from the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, if you think yeah. about the, the lilies of the field and God takes care of them and, you know, sometimes we have little faith and we forget about adoption. But Pastor Brian, I don't know when the last time I've been in church and I heard a preacher talk about adoption. Uh, we well. Adoption sits on the front, on, on the second pew, dead center at Fairview Baptist Church. <laughs> uh, uh, those two precious girls are, are right in front of me, and, and they, they meet me with hugs when I, when I come to church, and, and they, they don't leave without giving me one when they leave. And so, they're, uh, and so ado- there's a constant reminder of God's adopting love uh, in, in front of me at church. So it comes up at Fairview pretty often in our uh, in our in our preaching and teaching but but uh if if it's not going on in uh in in every other church uh across the country i pray it will be um because it is a beautiful yeah it's such a beautiful truth and i and i hope you guys who have been listening to this as we kind of wrap this episode up i just man i just hope y'all get a grasp that the holy spirit will give you some illumination tonight and i pray he does that for us as well you know because you know, just like my kids, man, you know, I'm go- always going to love them. Um, they may disappoint. And I, and I read this quote, Brian. I don't know if it was Thomas Watson or Richard Baxter, but it said, gosh, it said something, and it had to do with adoption, but it was something like this. It said, you know, with, with those people who are not God's children, 
you know, he judges and condemns them. But for those who are God's children, he, when we sin, he, he doesn't judge us and condemn us, but he does uh, get grieved. And I just think that was a beautiful insight to think that when you and I sin as believers, God doesn't condemn us. God doesn't cast us off. Uh, why? Because Jesus paid the price for our sins, and through him we are part of God's family now and forever. Um, I think that was from Richard Baxter's uh, uh, the the, uh, the Godly Home. Yes, that that's that's probably it. And I just thought that was, you know, when we sin, just like when my kids mess up, I'm grieved, and I may chastise them, I may discipline them, I may lecture them, I may reprove them because I love them, I will discipline them, but. I will never forsake them and I will never stop loving them and doing good to them. Why? Because they're my children. And so my friends, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this tonight, Oh man, you have a blessed, you, you are in a place that you should have a reason to rejoice that you have Jesus. And if you have Christ then the father has, if you have received Jesus tonight, then he has given you the right, the legal right, and you have become the very children of God. And it's not based on your performance. It's not based on how good you are. It's based on how good and perfect Jesus has been for you. And so just enjoy that tonight. And as you think about God's love for you and His all that he went through to adopt you and how he's going to take care of you as any good father would, don't be afraid. Uh, don't, don't be filled with anxiety or worry or stress because God is going to take care of you. And God is going to meet your needs until his purpose for you is done. And then he's going to receive you to be with him in glory. So what a great, what a great doctrine. This has got me so excited. I was tired before I started this. And I feel like I'm a holy roller. I could jump about five pews and do about three backflips. <laughs> and then I could jump out a window hollering and screaming. I get so excited, man. Because, you know, because I, I just remember, I don't know. And I just think about adoption and I just think about how, you know, it had nothing to do with me. Uh, God God could have treated me like the angels, the fallen angels. He could have just passed me by. And But God said, you know, I'm going to change his destiny. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to welcome him. I'm not only going to save him, uh, but I'm going to welcome him into my family. He's going to get to sit at the table with me with all the same rights and privileges and with all the same inheritance as Jesus. The Father and Son has graciously given that to us, and we realize that by a work of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit. That's Romans 8, that we are the very children of God. And, right. and so what a great doctrine. What a great truth. And I just pray you guys got a blessing out of this podcast tonight on adoption. Um, and I just want to encourage you, if you have any questions or any ideas for future episodes, just send that to us at Pastor Sam Davis at yahoo.com. Check, check out our Vintage Christian Truth Facebook page. It's on Facebook. Check out our, our YouTube channel. Check out Fairview Baptist Church's Facebook page. And uh, what is y'all's website again, Pastor Brian? It is uh, fairviewbaptistal.com. Please check that out. Y'all, there's so much good content, so many good messages. And just check out those resources. And like I said, we've been doing this. We're not making any money off this. This is just a labor of love at this point, and we're doing this to hopefully share that real old-school, biblical, vintage truth so that you can have a, a, a deeper uh, and, and a more full 
real abundant life in Jesus Christ. So thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, Pastor Brian, for taking more time out of your day to to do this podcast. And I, I pray that God richly blesses each one of you and takes care of each one of you and your families.